0: Because Brave is still in theaters at the time of this recording, the first few minutes of this review will be spoiler-free. Just Watching? Episode 31, Brave. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and I'm flying solo again, and I'm happy to have you with me for this episode of Are You Just Watching, where we share critical thinking for the entertained Christian. Check out our website over at areyoujustwatching.com, and make sure that you're subscribed to us on iTunes as well. You can get all the links and feedback information and more over at areyoujustwatching.com, and show notes for this episode will be at areyoujustwatching.com slash 31. Brave is the newest movie to come out from Disney and Pixar. and Now, Disney-Pixar. Disney now owns Pixar. Pixar used to be their own little independent studio, and they made some fantastic movies. I love seeing Pixar movies, but I really felt like Brave was more Disney than Pixar. That the story, the way the story went, and this whole idea of trying to find and change your fate and destiny and all of this, it really felt so much more Disney than Pixar to me in, in just the storytelling methods and everything. So maybe Pixar is changing because of Disney. I don't know. But Brave is set in the 10th century Scottish Highlands. And Merida is a young princess that's being trained by her mother to eventually become queen. And her mother's kind of controlling. And this relationship and a struggle between Merida and her mother raises all of these issues that uh, of authority and obedience and motivation, proper motivation, and especially the main theme raised in Brave is the idea of fate or destiny. And there's a lot to say about that, but I'll get into that after I end this spoiler-free review. Brave is a great family movie-ish. There's a lot of sword fighting in it, some violence, and there are actually some uh, naked butts in it. It's some kids and then a couple of older men, but it's completely made for comedy. It's nothing sexual in it. However, I did think it was just a little unnecessary, especially when it was the guy's butts. So this movie is the now the highest Uh, ratio of naked butts in this movie for any disney pixar movie i think but it's still a good movie and i wouldn't recommend it for younger kids because there are some scary things with uh, a big scary looking bear sword fighting like i said and some other stuff but still it's a great movie i enjoyed it Brave also has a great soundtrack composed by Patrick Doyle, and it has this really nice Scottish feel to it. So here's a little sample of the soundtrack available from Disney Records. When the wind is a calling Some fun songs with some special guest appearances in it and singing some parts. And it's really good. If you would like to buy the soundtrack before the movie comes out on DVD and Blu-ray, you can get the link for the soundtrack from various stores in the show notes over at com slash 31. And if you go see brave i would love to hear from you your thoughts so please comment on this review over at are you just watching.com slash 31 you can also email feedback at are you just or call nine zero three two three one two 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 one. you can also go to are you just watching.com and record a message a voice message right from the website so check that out and if you don't want to be spoiled on brave then Pause the recording now and come back after you've seen Brave, or if you don't mind being spoiled or you have already seen Brave, then continue ahead, but you have been warned, the following section contains spoilers. So the main theme in Brave is this idea of fate and destiny, and the words are kind of used interchangeably. The ideas of fate and destiny are well they they really have two sides. One side is that Fate is the unavoidable consequence of something, such as an injury from an activity. But on the other side, fate is also a bit more philosophical, like that it's this universal force that's guiding everything around us. And destiny is this predetermined and kind of unchangeable course of events that will happen. This also leads into the idea that there is fatalism, is the idea that because this is our fate, we can't do anything to change it, so we just have to submit to it. And this is a common theme in Islam and Hinduism as well, and several other religions too. Even as the movie starts and closes, Merida makes a statement about faith. She says, fate, some find it, some are led. Which really that statement in itself is kind of odd because some are led to fate. If fate is destiny and fate is going to happen no matter what, but some are led to it. This is part of the issue of believing in fate and destiny and being led and especially changing your fate or you're changing your destiny. But it's really hard to have a conversation about fate and destiny without considering the biblical idea or man's interpretation of biblical idea of predestination. This is popularly explained by people that God causes everything to happen and that God actively controls everything. There are a whole lot of interpretations by godly people on what this means in scripture and God's role in man. Our general view here at Are You Just Watching is that God is in total control and nothing happens as a surprise to him. Psalm 37:23 says the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. There's no question that God is certainly in total control. He has total control over everything and we've seen him use that control in big and small ways. However, I believe God also gives us freedom to choose. We can choose between obedience and it has plenty of wonderful rewards with it or disobedience or rebellion and it has plenty of terrible penalties in it. Just look at all of scripture and you see this throughout it from Adam and Eve all the way to the end of scripture. This constant thing of people choosing to obey or to rebel against God. The whole reason we have death and suffering in our world today is because Adam and Eve chose to rebel against God and the forbidden fruit and they suffered its penalties but then we also see when people obey god that he blesses them and rewards them it it does show that god can control people and use them for his purposes like proverbs 21 1 says the king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the lord he turns it whatever wherever he will And then Proverbs 16, 4 says, the Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. But I would say that God is not actively controlling our every thought, word, and action. Because if you say he is, then you get into this issue of when we sin, whose fault is it? Did God make me sin? Did God make me do that? Did the devil make me do that? Who made me do that? Well, scripture has a very clear answer in James one thirteen and 14. It says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Other translations say when we are led away by our own lusts. It's the lust of the, our flesh that causes us to sin. So, Sin is a willful behavior on our part. God is not controlling us when we sin, but He is still in control. The way that I like to liken this, uh, illustrate this, is imagine an object in your room, in your car, wherever you're listening to this right now. I'm holding a glass of water. Now, this glass, when I pick it up, I am in total control of this glass. I am actively controlling it when I, it's in my hands. I can move it around, I can pick it up, set it down, fill it with water, empty it of water. I am actively controlling this glass, but when I set it down... I'm still in control. At any moment, I could pick up that glass, I could move it, I could act upon it with certain forces, I could fill it, anything like that. I'm still in control, but while it's sitting there, I am not actively controlling it, but I'm still in control. This is how I see that the Bible teaches us that God is involved with us in that there are times when he is actively controlling people and controlling events, and there are other times when he is letting us uh, experience the consequences of our own disobedience and sin and other things that he has set in place to function certain ways. Brave obviously doesn't get into all of this theological discussion, and it's not even religious at all in it. But it does speak against this idea of fatalism, where it's We believe that there is a fate. We can't change it. It's going to happen no matter what. So we might as well just submit to it. Brave does speak against that. That is, uh, that kind of fatalism, well, that fatalism like that is completely unbiblical. We should not just let things happen. Like, look at our lives. God said through scripture, he said that we should work out our own salvation of working out what salvation is for us and how we live that in our daily lives. Yes, Christ died for us. God took that penalty upon himself through the personhood of Christ and died for us. And so our salvation is secured and our eternal destiny is secured that way. But we don't just sit around and wait for God to do things for us. He wants us to do things. And in Brave, Merida is not content to just sit around and let her or what she calls her fate go on as she thinks it will go on. She wants to change her fate. In fact, her mother, though, said to her, I think it was her mother, had said, we can't run away from who we are. And to an extent, that's true. Like, I as a Christian, I cannot get away from the fact that I am flesh and I am subject to the temptations of a fleshly being. But that doesn't mean we can't try to overcome circumstances, try to change things. Merida challenges this fatalism by trying to change her fate, trying to change her destiny. And to her that means that she doesn't want her life chosen and controlled by her parents or by the fact that she needs to become a queen eventually and at one point it was even said that a princess strives for perfection and she's not happy with this she wants to live a more adventurous life she wants to change her fate Now, Brave does remind us very well that we can take control of our future instead of just riding these waves of fatalism. But in Brave, (laughs) the fate can be changed with the help of these wisps, they're called. They're little blue floating things. They're considered guiding spirits that they're said to lead people to their destiny. For Merida, she found these at different points and it led her back to her family and near this bear at the beginning, this evil bear. But then also the wisps lead her at different points. And that, that's an interesting concept of Holy Spirit. No, it's not. Because the Holy Spirit is a guiding, convicting source And these wisps in Brave are more spiritual, maybe even the spirits of the dead, possibly those who tried to change their fate, that we see that, well, the bear, major spoiler here, but you should know this already, that it's a spoiler. The bear turns out to be a former king who tried to become much more powerful so he could rule this kingdom instead of sharing it with his brothers. And... When the bear is killed, the spirit of the person comes out and then turns into a wisp. So the wisps, it seems then that the wisps are spirits of the dead or maybe those who tried to change their fates and are then helping other people change their fates or guiding them in the certain direction. But when Merida follows these wisps later on, she's led to the witch where. The witch gives her this enchanted cake and says that this will change your fate. But this, this really raises a question, actually it begs the question, can fate be changed? Now I'm talking about this in the frame set of fate and destiny as the world popularly sees it and as Brave puts it forth. Consider, did Merida actually change her destiny? If the Wisps lead people to their destiny and they led her to hers, then her whole course of actions throughout Brave are actually her destiny. Not what she thought was her destiny and fate, but her attempt to change her fate actually made her pursue her fate, which especially seems to be confirmed at the end of the movie So is she really changing her fate or is she just following her fate through a different means? See, this is one of the circular reasoning kinds of things that you get into when you say that whatever happens, happens, and it's our fate and our destiny and we can't control it or maybe we can't, but it it gets really twisted and it'll make your head spin trying to figure this out. I think it's so much clearer from a biblical worldview. God through Paul, use this phrase predestined in Romans 8.28 through 30. verse eight. Uh, Romans 8.28 is a common verse used when people are talking about bad things or, you know, don't worry, it's all going to work out. Well, they quote Romans 8.28, but the whole uh, passage there I think is helpful to examine. It says, and we know, that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So in this passage, when it says that he predestined us, It's he predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. In other words, to be Christ-like, to be holy. That's what God has predestined us for. Not that he has predestined our actions and the paths that we will take. Throughout scripture, it says that God guides man, uh, asking for God's guidance, asking for God to lead our steps and that he will lead our steps. He doesn't do the stepping for us. We do the stepping. God leads us and we can walk off that path. We can reject God's plans for us. And there are many different ways that God responds, but basically it comes down to three different things. Sometimes God is patient with us. Like consider Samson. Samson was a judge for Israel and God was going to use Samson to help Israel. Well, they, And Samson messed up. God was patient with him. Samson eventually came back to his senses and God still used him. God was patient with him. But also sometimes God allows us to miss out on special plans or rewards or special things by obeying him and by following his plans. See, following the plans of God are not a painful thing. The New Testament refers to the good things perfect and acceptable will of God. It's not a painful thing. But look at so many of the kings of Israel and kings of Judah who did not follow God's plans. And instead, their record is one of really missing out on God's blessing and how the kingdom ran terribly, how they missed all of this because they rejected God's plans. And sometimes God even punishes us to help us repent. I consider Jonah. Jonah wanted to flee from God's plans for him. God wanted Jonah to go preach to Nineveh. Jonah fled from that. And so God punished Jonah by getting him swallowed up by a great fish. So these three different ways that God responds when we don't follow his plans. And I do believe we are in control of our future. Yes, God is actively involved in the lives of men. But are we going to follow God and do it His way, or are we going to do it our way? God does know the future. He knows what we're going to do. He's not going to be surprised. But we don't have to worry that, Oh no, my fate is this terrible thing that's going to happen, and I can't change anything, I can't control anything. That's basically what brave is that this idea that i can't get out of this because this is my fate and this is my destiny but that's why merida fights against it well that's kind of good to encourage that we shouldn't just accept terrible circumstances that we're in we should try to change things but more importantly we should be trying to change ourselves so our fate or destiny It's not completely written in stone. It can be changed for us. We can change our futures, but it's so much better to change it by following God's plans instead of our plans. Consider how you are or would be with your kids. If you don't have kids, pretend you have kids. How would you be with them? And this is exactly where it comes back into this theme with brave. Eleanor, uh, that's Merida's mother, has plans for her daughter to be this princess and someday a great queen. And Eleanor pushes these plans on Merida in love, but with a lack of respect and understanding and really being rather controlling with it. Very easy for parents to do, to lose sight of certain things and push what they want on their kids. Very easy. And Merida, understandably, rejects these plans. And this means that it leads her into rebellion and even hating her mother and having this terrible uh, fight with her mother. But something I really liked in Brave is that in order for them to break this curse, they had to right their wrongs and mend their relationship. In fact, the line from the movie was, mend the bond, torn by pride. There was a physical thing that was torn. It was very symbolic that uh, this little woven um, mural, not a mural, kind of like a cross stitch. It was a uh, picture of the family. And Merida, in anger at one point, just cut down it. And it separated the mother from Merida. And very symbolic but that was also something they had to literally do is mend this bond that was torn by pride so i like that they pointed that out that it was pride that caused this conflict which is very biblical too that proverbs 28:25 says a greedy man stirs up strife but the one who trusts in the lord will be enriched and other versions say it in slightly different ways that it is pride that stirs up strife. And you just think about this whenever you're in meetings and such, such. What cause arguments? Pride. But I like that their journey really helped them appreciate each other's differences in a mother-daughter way, mutual respect. And look at the biblical model for how a family should go in Ephesians 6, 1-4. through 4. It says, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with the promise that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. But then it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So scripture tells to both fathers, parents in general, and children, that there needs to be this mutual appreciation But ultimately, children should be obeying their parents, but parents also need to lead their children properly, not in their own way, in God's way. It was funny that because of all of this, of the parental relationship and these things going on, as the movie had ended, I heard one person shout out, oh, my emotions (laughs) from the movie which uh, made my wife Jenny and I laugh over that. But those are the main things I wanted to point out about Brave, and I'd love to hear your feedback. You can go to com slash 31 and comment on these show notes or contact us directly by going to com and click on this Send a Voice Message tab and record a message right there or call in to 903-231-2221. You can also email feedback at com. Now, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Brave yet, or you're going to see Brave again in the future, there are a couple little Easter eggs I want to point out to you. My press contacts uh, sent this to me and other members of the press and some cool things that, uh, hidden little things in the witch's cabin. First, we see the witch carving a bunch of different things. And, well, one thing, by the way, have you ever noticed how many bears she's been carving Her, she really likes bears and that that gave me a big clue to what would happen in the movie but as she's carving at a desk there is a little pizza planet truck which is from toy story very iconic delivery truck from toy story and then also along one of the walls there's this piece of wood that has sully in it from monsters inc and sully is coming back in monsters university So some cool little Easter eggs. I have screenshots of these over in the show notes at com slash 31. So I'd love to hear from you what you think about this and uh, what suggestions you have for future episodes of Are You Just Watching movies that we should review. We are bringing the show back on a more regular basis now, and one of the movies we plan to review is... 2012 we're going to review that later this year so send in your feedback now for 2012 again email feedback at are or call 903-231-2221 you can follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle and for eve franklin i'm daniel j lewis thank you for listening and don't just watch you just watching is produced and sponsored by djoseph design at djosephdesign.com the opening vocal talent is thanks to mariah our theme song is used courtesy of answers and genesis from their exciting vacation bible school curriculum operation space which you can find at answersvbs.com are you just watching as a proud member of the noodle mix network find more of our podcasts like once upon a time clean comedy how to podcast and use audacity christian worldview and more over at noodle.mx that's the noodle mix network at noodle.mx